In a far-off land, a radio show will commence. It's called Your Pet Matters, and tuning in would just make sense. Every Saturday at 10 a.m., relax and unwind. And listen to Dr. T, who has pet advice designed for you and for you alone. Free advice just for helping to keep your furry friend happy and healthy. Tune in to Your Pet Matters, a show underwritten by Progressive Veterinary Care with quality you can't deny. Only on 1077 The Bronx. Good morning. Welcome to Your Pet Matters. I'm your host, Michael Dr. T. Tequila. And this morning, since the weather is finally becoming cold, I want to start talking about cold issues that your pets can experience, namely low temperatures leading to hypothermia. We'll talk a little bit about frostbite. We'll talk about salt toxicity and finally talk about antifreeze toxicity. Right here, because this is the station that we're dedicated to keeping your beloved pets healthy and happy all year round. Happy New Year, by the way, everybody. So let's let's talk about what hypothermia is and why it is significant during cold weather. So hypothermia occurs when your pet's body temperature drops below a normal range. And the normal range in dogs is about 100 to 102.5 degrees Fahrenheit and in cats about 100 and 102 degrees Fahrenheit. So this drop below normal body temperatures can have serious side effects. So hypothermia happens when your pet's body loses heat more rapidly than it can actually produce heat, leading to a drop in your pet's core temperature. So in cold weather, especially during these winter months, as hopefully in my neck of the woods, things are gonna start to actually show that it's winter, your pets are developing a, a, at risk of developing hypothermia, especially if they're out in this weather for extended periods of time. So how do we recognize signs of hypothermia in your pet? Well, it's very important that you be very vigilant about what hypothermia is and how bad it can be. So that's gonna cue you into looking for these signs and symptoms. So signs include shivering, lethargy, their extremities can be very cold, namely their ears, their paws, and their tail. They may show signs of muscle stiffness. They may show signs of slow or shallow breathing. And their heart rate may decrease. So in severe cases, your pet may actually become unresponsive or unconscious. So now that we know what to look for, let's discuss how we treat hypothermia. Remember, time is of the essence, and immediate action can save your pet's life. So we want to gently warm your pet. Wrap them in a warm blanket or towel to help slowly raise their body temperature. You want to avoid things like heating pads or hot water bottles as direct heat sources, as these can actually cause burns or worsen the condition if you rapidly change their body temp. If you have several warm blankets, you can layer them for better insulation. You can use your own body heat to warm your pet. Snuggle with them. You hear those stories about how pets actually snuggle with their human counterparts to keep them warm if they're lost. So you want to snuggle with them to keep them warm. You want to make sure your pet is dry and comfortable. And doing this can really help speed up the recovery process. Then you want to bring your pet into a warm indoor area as soon as possible. Turn the heat up. Use a space heater raise the ambient temperature, 
Keep them away from drafts. Drafts can quickly undo any efforts you are making to warm them up. If your pet is fairly stable, encourage them to drink small sips of warm water. That'll help raise their core body temperature, but do not force them to drink. Just make it available. Warm water can also replenish any loss of fluids and help to support their recovery. And it's very crucial to monitor your pet's condition closely during the warming process. In all honesty, I would actually either go to or at least have them on the phone in an emergency um, 24-hour service. You know, you don't, you're not going to sit there and monitor their heart rate and respiration. Um, and you, you, honestly, and not to, you know, the reason why veterinarians are here and, and emergency referral centers are here is to take care of things like this. Um, I wouldn't even wait till they're unconscious. I would just totally get there. Um, you know, and what, what the vet will do is slowly warm them up. They're going to monitor them. Like changes in body temp. So low body temp can actually lead to organ shutdown. High body temp can lead to organ shutdown. And there's a, there's a fine line in between the two about addressing that situation. So I think what's more important is how we can prevent hypothermia in your pets during cold weather. I think it's really important for that. Um, so the first thing is, is to remember this if you remember anything. If it's cold for you, it's cold for them. So dress your pet appropriately. My dog Cheek has several winter attires ranging from fall to spring or whatever, spring fall wear. Um, today we wore a hoodie. Um, she looks pretty cool in it. It's one she tolerates wear well, but we also have like full parkas for her and rain suits and everything like that. So just like we bundle up in cold, cold weather, your pet needs to bundle up in cold weather. There are a plethora of cold weather gear out there for your pets. You want something that's going to fit comfortably and doesn't restrict movement. You don't want something that's going to get caught on something if your pet is outside alone for an extended period of time. Um, so there's specific clothing options that you can get. Ideally, you want to limit your pet's exposure to cold weather, especially during extreme conditions. I, I see those videos, the pet just doesn't want to go outside. I mean, they, they, some of them have to go outside to do their duty, but I mean, keep them warm, keep it quick, keep it you know, fast, get them back. You want to balance exercise and outdoor time with their safety and comfort. And again, think of their extremities, their ears, their paws, their tails. If the weather is exceptionally harsh, definitely play with them inside. Um, you want to play with them because you want to keep them mentally sti um, stimulated. So you want to do that. If you have the outdoor, um, if you have those indoor outdoor cats or even larger animals, you want to have some form of shelter. The shelter can be insulated can be windproof um, some people actually there's the, the the things to keep the water heated there's things to keep the actual pet heated uh, you'll see those simple cat shelters that they make out of um, either um, what are they called coolers and a light bulb it's amazing how much heat well incandescent light not these LEDs. these leds produce heat but nowhere near what an incandescent light bulb um, produce and i'm sure you've seen some of those um, design pet homes for the outside they look phenomenal look like miniature high-end modern homes so those are really great um, I think it's important to, to dry your pet um, any sort of wet rain or snow um, can quickly lead to ice buildup and can quickly lead to hypothermia even it can really drop their body temperature even if they come back in indoors so definitely dry them thoroughly um, and it'll really help that situation create a warm and cozy space for your pets in your home provide soft and comfortable bedding have blankets, um, 
something to keep them warm. I love those furry blankets. They really maintain uh, body heat and keep keep. I've got tons of those because because cheek likes suckling on them. But I mean, when I'm cold, I just put, throw that on, and my temperature is great. Um, there are some um, pet friendly hair dryers. You you got to be careful with those too because there's there's some very safety methods of those. There's there are um, sad stories of pets getting overheated at groomers because they left the the dryer on too long. Um, but just just think of things like that. Um, be mindful of the stage of life your pet's in and their health condition. So puppies and kittens and older, all healthy pets are actually more susceptible to changes in temperature. And especially those pets that have an underlying illness are more susceptible to hypothermia. So you have to take extra precautions with these pets. So limit their time outside, make sure they have adequate warmth and comfort and clothing and everything like that. So in conclusion, hypothermia is a serious condition. It can be life-threatening for your beloved pets, especially if the weather turns cold. And our role is to be proactive. We need to be vigilant. We need to be knowledgeable about the signs. And if there's any concern at all, definitely contact your veterinarian as veterinarians are your best source of guidance and support during any sort of medical issue. So let's take a short break and what we'll do is we'll come back and talk about some other winter issues pets may have. You're listening to Your Pet Matters right here on 1077, 1077thebronc.com. Your Pet Matters and other programming on 1077 The Bronx is underwritten in part by Progressive Veterinary Care, 390 County Road, 518 Skillman. Happy birthday! Look at this gift be- Oh my goodness, a kitten! Let's name him Mini Kitty! Jack, how do I tell Mom I failed my math test? Look at us, Bean! We just moved to a brand new big city! <laughs> Honey, Brandon broke up with me! Mini Kitty? Jack? Bean? Honey? Are you, are you okay? okay? Our pets are there for us when we most need them. So why not thank their unconditional love with unconditional care? At Progressive Veterinary Care, Dr. T's incomparable, compassionate, and dedicated team of veterinary caregivers are there to help your pet live a healthy life. Their progressive approach to veterinary medicine and curbside protocol provides your pet high-quality medicine and service, and their pet parents' peace of mind. For more information about Progressive Veterinary Care's commitment to pet medicine and your pet online, it's ProgressiveVeterinaryCare.com. Hear ye, hear ye! Your Pet Matters is back to answer your pet queries. Come get free pet advice from our friend Dr. T only on 1077 The Bronx. Welcome back. If you're just tuning in, it's Dr. T here right on Your Pet Matters, right on the 107.7 FM dial or 1077thebronc.com. And we talked about hypothermia. Um, one thing I'd like to do along those lines, just chat a little bit about frostbite. So frostbite's a serious cold weather injury, and it occurs when the skin and underlying tissues actually freeze due to prolonged exposure to freezing temperatures. This condition is particularly concerning for pets because it can lead to damaged tissue, pain and long-term complications. It occurs in areas with less 
blood circulation. I talked about the extremities, paws, ears, and tails. And you, and you see those you see those cows with those little knitted um, ear covers for the winter. Um, so it's it's really important. And what's what's ironic is most pets don't like any sort of paw covering. Um, they walk like they're wearing um, flippers, swimming swimming uh, flippers. But they'll eventually get used to it. So it's really important to do that. And you know we we bundle them up like crazy on their body, and then we go out in minus twenty degrees, and their paws are completely open, their tails are completely open, and in many cases they don't tolerate headgear, so their ears are completely open. So it's really important, even if you're making the effort to cover up your pet for proper winter gear that you need to know what's what's going um, to potentially happen. So clinical signs of frostbite in pets include the area can appear pale gray or in worst case scenarios black. You can see swelling. The tissue is incredibly cold to the touch and it may be very painful and discomforting for a pet. They may be limping, limping or favoring those affected areas. And along the levels of being black, the tissue can become actually necrotic and dead and slough off, leading to potential damage and infection. You see the stories about those hikers who you see their toes are black. We have to worry about gangrene. So I think the biggest thing is how do we prevent frostbite, especially during cold weather? So here's some advice and options. Number one, limited outdoor exposure. So avoid prolonged outdoor exposure during really cold temperatures, especially like we talked about last time, age-related pets, puppy, kittens, seniors, or pets that are old or pets that really can't handle the weather. Bring your pet indoors when the weather's cold. If it's cold for you, it's cold for them. Provide a warm, sheltered environment. Um, and along those lines, you know, you see those shows or um, advice about dogs with long hair can handle the cold. Well, many can, um, but many can't. We talked about protective gear before. Boots, insulated jackets, headgear. This will help shield those areas that are more sensitive to things. Keeping your pet dry. After coming inside, you must make sure your pet is dry. I had an Airedale and she ran around the snow and she'd get these snowballs in her fur. We had to brush those out and then dry her off, but that's why you see her bounce around there. So it's very important to keep your pet dry because cold skin and fur can actually drop their body temp. Um, shelter's huge. You want access to a well-insulated, dry shelter. Raised bedding in these conditions is important. Elevate your pet's bedding off the ground. This can help prevent the heat loss and reduce the risk of frostbite especially for outdoor pets. But if, if you notice in your home, heat rises, so the, the floor tends to be cold. A lot of us wear slippers and everything like that. And limited cold water exposure. You want to limit the exposure your pet comes. They like diving in that river. It's going to be pretty darn cold when they come out. And then regularly check your pet. Check their paws, their ears, and their tail for any signs of potential frostbite. If you notice any changes in color, swelling, or discomfort, seek your veterinary care immediately. So by taking these precautions, 
And again, be vigilant about your pet's exposure to cold weather. You can significantly reduce the risk of frostbite. Okay, let's switch gears a little and talk about road salt. Now, um, it can be a serious condition for pets. Road salt is used routinely on many of these icy areas. You'll see a combination of salt and sand, or sometimes it's so cold that the salt's not going to uh, melt the ice, and so they have to use just sand. Um, it's, it's one of these things that de-icing agents and salts can become problematic for pets. We term it salt poisoning or salt toxicity and it's defined as when a pet ingests, inhales or comes in contact with excessive amounts of de-icing salts commonly used on streets and walkways. They're primarily composed of sodium chloride and they're spread to melt the snow and ice to help cars navigate the streets. While effective for human safety, they can potentially be hazardous to the pets if not managed appropriately. So what are the signs, the clinical signs of road salt toxicity you can see in pets? And it will vary depending on the amount of salt exposure, the size of the pet, and their overall health. But common signs include gastrointestinal distress, can irritate the GI tract, leading to symptoms such as drooling, vomiting, diarrhea, and abdominal pain. And the pain can make your pet appear restless and uncomfortable. Most common thing we see is irritation of the paws. They can develop painful pod irritation and cracking when they come in direct contact with salted surfaces. They can even slice their paws. Um, and then what happens is they're licking the salt off and they excessively lick and then they get GI issues and it becomes a um, devastating circle. As we all know, when you eat a lot of salt, you want to drink a lot. So increased drinking and urination. As the body's means of trying to flush out that excess sodium, they may drink more and urinate more. In severe cases, you could have neurologic symptoms. They have to ingest a fair amount of road salt. They may, you may see things such as tremors or seizures muscle twitching, disorientation, and that's huge because that's the level of salt that's actually affecting the central nervous system. You can have elevated heart rate. High salt levels can lead to increased heart rate and high blood pressure, which can lead to potential problems. So how do we avoid road salt toxicity in your pets? Well, follow these steps. Avoid as best you can salted areas. When you take your pet for a walk, try to avoid the heavy salted areas and opt for paths that are less likely to have been treated with de-icing agents. Um, there's one corner in our neighborhood that they seem just to dump all this ice on. So it's funny because it's a bad drainage area that leads to water and ice buildup. And so they just dump like a ton of salt on there. Um, it's funny, I think that when you walk your dog on the road, you're, you're more likely to have those sort of issues, but if you let them walk on the grass, then you're, you're gonna be fine. After the walk, rinse and wipe their paws. Make it a habit 
to rinse and wipe your pet's paws to remove any salt, salt residue. And that really helps the situation. They make these little cups with um, these little rubber finger things that you just put your you put a liquid in there and just um, move it up and down on your on your your pet's paws. It works really good. It works really good for mud too. As we've talked about this whole show, protective gear, booties work great. There are things like uh, paw wax to shield your pet. Um, that'll help situations like that. Always, always watch what your pet's doing. Keep a close eye on your pet when they're outdoors, especially in areas of road salt. You don't want them licking, eating, or, or going towards those salt surfaces. If you use salt, have proper storage. Secure it well so they don't accidentally ingest it. And any spills you make, clean up. And as always, if you're at all concerned, give your vet a call. There, This is the great time that I want to talk about. There's, there's, you should have at least, you should have three numbers in your phone memory. Number one, your veterinarian. Number two, the closest 24-hour emergency referral center in your area. And number three, a pet poison hotline. Having those numbers will save a lot of time and effort and stress and could potentially save your pet's life. So let's take a short break and then we'll come back and we'll talk about antifreeze toxicity. You're listening to Your Pet Matters right here on 1077 1077thebronc.com. Your Pet Matters and other programming on 1077 The Bronc is underwritten in part by Progressive Veterinary Care. 390 County Road, 518 Skillman. Happy birthday! Look at this Oh my goodness, a kitten! Let's name him Mini Kitty! Jack, how do I tell Mom I failed my math test? Look at us, Bean. We just moved to a brand new big city. <laughs> Honey, Brandon broke up with me. Mini Kitty? Jack? Bean? Honey? Are you, are you okay? okay? Our pets are there for us when we most need them. So why not thank their unconditional love with unconditional care? At Progressive Veterinary Care, Dr. T's incomparable, compassionate, and dedicated team of veterinary caregivers are there to help your pet live a healthy life. Their progressive approach to veterinary medicine and curbside protocol provides your pet high-quality medicine and service, and their pet parents' peace of mind. For more information about Progressive Veterinary Care's commitment to pet medicine and your pet online, it's ProgressiveVeterinaryCare.com. Every weekend, you'll find a project to get involved with. And sometimes, it'll include your scaly or furry partner in crime. From Your Pet Matters with Dr. T, it's time for Producers Pet Project. Your go-to for pet news, recall alerts, adoption services, and overall helpful tips and tricks to keep your best friend happy and healthy. Producers Pet Project is underwritten in part by Progressive Veterinary Care. Hello everyone, my name is Logan and I'm producer of Your Pet Madness only on 1077 The Bronco. 107 The Bronco. Welcome, welcome to another edition of Your Producer Pet Project once again on 107 The Bronco. 107 The Bronco.com. Now, I said it before on this segment that I have three cats, two girls, Shelton Rosie, and a boy, a banter, who is actually going to be 19 years old come this summer. And, um, I thought it'd be great to talk about cats on the segment, so I thought, I mean, it'd be a cool way to talk about the 10 ways to keep your cat healthy, because when you have an old cat like myself, we, we monitor him, how he walks, how he eats, and then we have two little cats right here who are Sean and Rosie, who are 
five and six who um were going to be six years old who we want to make sure that they're healthy as well too. So for Bailey Paul to come, I kill I found the ten ways to keep your cat healthy, and I think this would be a great way. Website for all pets, but I want to start off with cats. Here are the ten, ten ways to keep your cat healthy. Number one, how about you brush your cat every day? Now this is important. We we did not really brush our cat as much as of late, but now we're starting to. So then here's why: daily brushing or combing can help reduce the number of hairballs that develop in, in the digestive tract and help prevent mats and tangles. Especially long-haired cats, kids spend a lot of time grooming themselves. Parents may not know this, but they can actually help their cats by removing loose hair throughout regular brushing. And according to Weber, says that, that the key to getting a cat to cooperate with brushing is to teach your cat to associate it with happy events. Maybe you always brush your, maybe you always brush before a meal. Weber said, and then your then your cat will associate it with something delicious. Weber is from the Daily Post website. Now, have this one. Number number, number two. Don't feed your cat too much dry food. Unlike dogs, cats are obligated carnivores, meaning that they can rely on meat as the foundations of their diets. The main meal of the day should always be meat, says Werber, of course, from thedailypost.com. He talks about this exclusively feeding, feeding dry, dry food diets to cats may cause them to consume too many carbohydrates, which can be unhealthy in large amounts. And I have professional experience in this. I mean, I don't say professional, but I would have personal experience with this because my cat man show, when we feed him too much dry food, he throws it all up. So you have to be, be mindful of it. If, you, if you have an older cat that you don't feed him too much dry food because then he might end up throwing it up and, he, and it cannot be good for him to, to digest. Number three, how about you pay attention to your cat's thirst? Domestic cats evolve from from, from deserted to dwelling felines, so cats don't actually drink as much water as dogs. Ideally, cats should get the most of their water from food. A meal that 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 a cat can eat in the world, such as a mouse, is about 70% water, actually. A can can eat about 78% water, but dry food only has about 5-10% to of water on average. We feed our cat um, canned food called moist, and that and yes, that doesn't contain so much water, so that, that's something that, that you should focus on. So it's important to give your cat access to fresh water at all times, no matter their diet, but you better notice your cat drinking more when they primarily eat dry food. Seniors, nosy cats, and cats with more chronic health conditions are, are more prone to dehydration than the others so watch carefully for signs such as sunken eyes lethargy and painting number four provide a sufficient number of litter boxes as far as the potty goes for your cat um Warburg says a good rule of, of thumb is to have have a little box per kitty plus an industrial one so if you have three cats you just set up four boxes or even three boxes and, and, and you have to think carefully about, about where these boxes go because humans tend to want the boxes to tucked away in a hidden spot like a basement or dark corner that's where we keep our litter boxes but some cats are, are comfortable in the, those areas believe it or not Werber said that says it says about a cat's natural instincts is that the animal is, very, is in a very very vulnerable position when performing in those functions. He says that they, they may not want to be able to be around them for that same reason. So maybe, so just have um to put your, your your little box in a comfortable spot for your cat to do its business. Number five, don't assume you know why a cat is peeing outside the box. A little versus a cat parent when 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 a kid skips the box and pees somewhere else in the house, especially when it's your couch or bed. Why does a cat do this? There could be a lot of reasons, says Robert, and you want to rule uh, out illness first. To bring a cat to a vet for, for urinary tract infection or other illness, that could explain this new behavior. Once health concerns are ruled out, make sure that the litter boxes meet your cat's preferences and experience with what type of litter is to, to find out is there, if there's a one litter that your cat actually prefers. Number number six, how about you train your cat to use a scratching post? So, um, you know, cats love to scratch sofas and beds, so did you get to use a scratching post, which is um so they would they would end up clawing your furniture. The mistake many owners make says Werber, it's not only that that they have to get that they have to keep a scratching post to some people, but in the center of the room to start. 
In other words, if you if you place it in a corner far from the social action in the household, it is easy for a cat to ignore it. Sprinkle the scratcher of catnip and um, put catnip all around the house and all all, all, all on your couch to I say to keep your cat away from it as well. Number seven, spay or or neuter your cat. There is nothing more there's nothing more beneficial to your cat's long wellness than getting them spayed or, 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 or nurtured. But what is from cats are very uncomfortable when they go into the heat, and I'm um, spraying or, or nurturing your cat. It's safe too because all, all through male cats of the fight they risk transmitting diseases through bites and scratches. Number eight, travel safely with your pet. Now we don't know we travel with our pet, but you. Should, but if you do, make sure that that, 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 that you, don't, you don't let them go unstrain your car. It could be it, it could be if they're talking to your driver in a case of an accident or a cat can become dangerous projectile. So if you do want to try, travel with your cat, make sure you keep it safe. The number type of uh, number nine choose a choose a cat friendly vet. This is obvious. Many veterinarians practice sees multiple species, including canines. This can be very scary for a cat, so make sure you you, you pick right kind of a cat only vet, veterinarian who, who's professional in cats in, in particular. Then number ten, how about this? Finally, when a cat loves you, let them show off. They like to prove it something by offering you a, a result of a sudden gifts of grace when it's even it's gross, say or 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 mouse. You, you, you may also show them some love by headbutting, purring, or, or, or needling you with their paws. So sit back and let them just have some fun. So, the time we keep cat healthy, if you want to learn more about this, it is from dailypaws.com from the veterinarian. His name is Werber. So, I hope you found this edition of your piece of pet This is Lower Veterinarian. Please say your pet matters. Only on one oats in the rock and one oats in the rock.com. That was today's segment of Producers Pet Project. Your one stop for all things pet news, recall alerts, adoption services, and more. Be sure to tune in next time. And for a more in-depth conversation, listen to Your Pet Matters with Dr. T every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Producers Pet Project is underwritten in part by Progressive Veterinary Care. Only on 107.7 The Bronx. Your Pet Matters and other programming on 1077 The Bronx is underwritten in part by Progressive Veterinary Care. 390 County Road, 518 Skillman. Happy birthday! Look at this Oh my goodness, a kitten! Let's name him Mini Kitty! Jack, how do I tell Mom I failed my math test? Look at us, Bean. We just moved to a brand new big city. <laughs> Honey, Brandon broke up with me. Mini Kitty, Jack, Bean, Honey, are you, are you okay? okay? Our pets are there for us when we most need them. So why not thank their unconditional love with unconditional care? At Progressive Veterinary Care, Dr. T's incomparable, compassionate, and dedicated team of veterinary caregivers are there to help your pet live a healthy life. Their progressive approach to veterinary medicine and curbside protocol provides your pet high-quality medicine and service, and their pet parents' peace of mind. For more information about Progressive Veterinary Care's commitment to pet medicine and your pet online, it's ProgressiveVeterinaryCare.com. Your Pet Matters is back to answer your pet queries. Come get free pet advice from our friend, Dr. T, only on 1077 The Bronx. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, it's me here, Dr. T, right here on Your Pet Matters on Riders 107.7 FM dial or 1077thebronc.com. And we've been talking about hypothermia, frostbite, and salt toxicity all winter things that your pet can get exposed to into and lead to problems and here's one that in the good old days when I first started practicing this was huge 
um, but now they have pet safe versions that are incredible. Um, I'm talking about antifreeze. So antifreeze toxicity is a life threatening situation and it can occur even if your pet has ingested a small amount of antifreeze. Antifreeze for your car, well, antifreeze for your snowblower, any sort of gas product. I'm not sure if they use an antifreeze product in electric vehicles to keep the battery packs. I think they use electric heaters, um, things like that, but I'm not sure. But any sort of device that you want to prevent, usually they're gas powered motors of some sort that have antifreeze in them and the active ingredient is called ethylene glycol. So it's highly toxic to both cats and dogs and this organ that it most affects and can affect in minutes is the kidney. So it leads to kidney feel, uh, failure. But recently there has been the development and recently I'm saying what five to ten years maybe even longer there are safer alternatives to ethylene glycol Pro propylene polypropylene glycol propylene glycol is what they use now which is safer but still can have effects at higher levels so um, this liquid coolant is usually green in color and it's the stuff that goes in your radiator it's mixed with water well I there's pink stuff too as well and it is sweet tasting to pets so they they drink it up and again this is in the old days when cars used to overheat and break down a lot it would be on the ground it'd be dripping on the ground or be on the ground and wildlife or pets would come and oh this tastes sweet and, and drink it and literally go into severe toxicity so the clinical signs of antifreeze toxicity can vary but typically occur in stages time related stages so within 30 minutes to the first 12 hours, they may include vomiting, drooling, incoordination, as they may appear disoriented or drunk. Now, any of these signs, any sort of situation where there's uh, ethylene glycol toxicity, you gotta get your pet taken care of immediately. So I'm gonna go back to the three numbers, your veterinarian, 24-hour referral, and poison control hotline. The intermediate stage, which is 12 to 24 hours, this stage often involves more severe symptoms, including increased thirst and urination, depression, lethargy, and potentially seizures. And then there's later stages. So I'm, I'm talking you wait half a day to a day before dealing with this. You wait a bit longer, 36 to 72 hours. As it metabolizes in the body, it can lead to severe kidney damage, which is characterized now this is severe if you can't, can't urinate this is huge extreme lethargy weakness and coma and you, you'll see these uh, crystals formation within the kidneys within minutes sometimes so the key thing here is prevention so the best way is to and I'm pretty sure most manufacturers do this is a pet friendly antifreeze It'll be labeled as pet safe or propylene glycol based. They're less toxic and safer for pets, but they can still cause, cause harm if ingested in large quantities, but it's a better option. Storage. 
So store all antifreeze in a tightly sealed container and place them out of reach in pets as even a small spill or any bit on the outside can be tempting. Always check for leaks. Check your vehicle. So the radiator is in the front of the car, um, the cooling system usually in the front part of the car. If there's any leak there, you'll see it on the ground. Um, a, a quick way of checking. So again, in, in old school ways, when I had to check for oil leaks in my old vehicles and stuff, threw a piece of cardboard underneath and you look for any sort of drips that are irregular. The only thing that should be dripping from your car normally is the condensation from the air conditioner in the summer and if you've driven in wet weather. That's the only thing. Um, so regularly inspect your vehicle for leaks and promptly address things. You know, even if your pet doesn't get into it, your car can overheat. That's huge. Cleanup spills. So ironically, you can use a great cat product to clean up spills, namely kitty litter. It's a great way to pick up. You want to definitely absorb any of that because they lick any and it's a small amount. So how do we deal this with this from a medical standpoint? If you suspect your pet has ingested antifreeze, seek immediate vet care. Early intervention is essential for making the outcome better. And it can involve several things. It can involve inducing a vomiting. I would definitely do this under the guidance of a veterinarian. Again, I think your best bet is to actually take your pet to emergency center. Some vets don't carry some of these medications that we're needing. Um, so they can induce vomiting. And then sometimes they can use what's called activated charcoal, which helps absorb any toxins. Activated charcoal is commonly used to absorb toxins in many situations. Um, if they're in sort of renal failure or in shock, intravenous fluids, um, they're typically hospitalized to maintain their hydration and keep flushing the toxins from their system. There are antidotes, believe it or not, alcohol, ethanol, uh, there's also a drug called fomipizole, which is administered. And what it does is the ethanol actually competes with the ethylene glycol to bind to receptors on the cells. So they work by inhibiting the conversion of ethylene glycol into its toxic metabolites. And again, some vets don't have this on hand. In the old days, most vets had on hand, but now these tend to be referral center things. Um, and supportive care, which is usually IV, IV fluids and monitoring 24-hour treatment. Um, in severe cases, uh, dialysis may be needed um, to help remove the metabolites. But these are situations where the emergency vet's going to take blood samples to see how bad the kidneys are, imaging of the kidneys um, with ultrasound or x-ray, and this is how you can see how bad the actual filtration system of the kidneys are, and then treatment. Um, if treated early, there could be good outcomes. If treated later, then the best you're looking at is kidney failure. The worst you're looking at is potential a fatal situation. So it's a huge concern for pets, ethylene glycol toxicity. And I think prevention is key and um, swift intervention is key for, for bringing home your pet. And I would advise you if you use antifreeze on a regular basis, I always put an antifreeze in the pressure washer to prevent it from freezing the pump from freezing over. And it's a pet-friendly antifreeze. Um, if you work on your car, you're probably working on antifreeze. So you got to be careful about things like that. So 
prevention and diligence on looking for signs and symptoms. That would be huge on this. So thanks for listening to the typical winter things your pets can deal with. And hopefully this was educational and you can look out for signs and symptoms and at the best case scenarios that you can prevent things from happening. And if things do happen, you've got access to your favorite resource, your veterinarian or emergency center or pet poison control hotline. So remember everyone, love your pet like they love you unconditionally. Keep them warm. Take care. Your Pet Matters with Dr. T comes to a close. Yet fret not if you missed the 10 a.m. Saturday show. Tune in Monday morning at 9 if you please. And hear free advice for all your dog and cat needs. You can find past episodes on the Your Pet Matters podcast or go to 1077thebronc.com slash yourpetmatters. Made for you and your pets. 1077 The Bronx is beyond compare. Your Pet Matters is underwritten by Progressive Veterinary Care.